When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus. Stay chill or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. In this episode, we talk about goal setting and why so many of us never hit the goals that we set. It's time to check on your resolutions because you are now listening to Tiny Leaps, Big Changes. Welcome to another episode of Tiny Leaps, Big Changes, where I share simple research-backed strategies you can use to get more out of your life. My name is Greg Clunas, and one of the biggest goals I've ever set for myself was a complete and utter failure. Back when I was 13, I read a copy of Awaken the Giant Within by Tony Robbins. Now, this book kicked off a summer, in fact, a year of reading personal development and self-help books. By the end of that summer, I was so confident in my ability to accomplish great things that I decided I was going to make my first million dollars by the age of 21. Now, of course, at the time, I thought that no goal was complete without announcing it to the world. So for the next five years, I made sure to tell every single one of my friends and everyone who ever asked me the dreaded question of what do you want to do when you grow up? This goal became my identity. So, of course, when I hit 21 and I hadn't accomplished it, there was a huge sense of disappointment. Not to mention my friends and family went out of their way to remind me of the fact that I hadn't accomplished it. Now, I'm telling you this story because it's a perfect example of why so many people choose not to set goals for where they want to end up in life. Setting big goals that are completely out of your reach leaves you feeling disappointed, depressed, and honestly like a complete failure, which is how I felt. But with that said, there is a significant amount of research to prove that setting goals can do wonders for helping you to create a better life. So... 
what are we supposed to do? Is it just as simple as embracing failure and disappointment? Well, it turns out that the answer lies in our approach to setting goals. But before we dive into that, let's first talk about disappointment and pain, or rather, the fear of disappointment and pain. In an article for the website lifehack.com, Dustin Wax writes, According to the research of psychologists, neurologists, and other scientists, setting a goal invests ourselves into the target as if we'd already accomplished it. That is, by setting something as a goal, however small or large, however near or far in the future, a part of our brain believes that desired outcome is an essential part of who we are. Setting up the conditions that drive us to work towards the goals to fulfill the brain's self-image. Now, to put that simply, by setting concrete goals, we can create a situation where we are more likely to consciously and subconsciously take actions towards the goal we have set. However, in that same article, Dustin goes on to write, Apparently, the brain cannot distinguish between things we want and things we have. Neurologically, then, our brains treat the failure to achieve our goal the same way as it treats the loss of a valued possession. And up until the moment the goal is achieved, we have failed to achieve it, setting up a constant tension that the brain seeks to resolve. Ideally, this tension is resolved by driving us towards accomplishment. In many cases, though, the brain simply responds to the loss, causing us to feel fear, anxiety, even anguish, dependent on the value of the as yet unattained goal. This provides us with a useful understanding of why goal setting can be such a risky activity. Yes, it makes it more likely that we'll move towards those goals, but the failure to achieve that goal is just as disappointing and painful as the loss of something you already had. Now, hold up, because I'm about to bring a tiny bit of economics into the mix. Have you ever heard of loss aversion? According to Wikipedia, in economics and decision theory, loss aversion refers to people's tendency to strongly prefer avoiding losses to acquiring gains. It's a fascinating concept that has been put to the test many, many times. And you've probably heard of the idea that someone who loses $100 they already had will lose more satisfaction than another person will gain if they were given $100. So bringing it back to the point, if we all have a tendency to avoid situations where we can experience loss, even if it means giving up on potential gains, and our brains tend to treat the failure to achieve a goal as a loss, then it makes sense that many people don't bother to even set goals. That way, you never feel as though you had that thing and you never risk losing it. And even if that goal is set, Action may not be taken simply because if you never tried to accomplish it, you can always say you could do it if you really tried. A big part of the problem here is that we've all been taught to set stretch goals. That is a goal that you really have to push yourself to reach. We've been taught this with the idea that even if you don't hit that stretch goal, you'll still be further ahead than you were at the beginning. Now, in theory, this makes sense. But of course, the danger here, as we just learned, is that setting stretch goals or ones that seem too big to achieve makes us much less likely to even take action on that goal. 
In a 2014 article titled Why Goal Setting Doesn't Work, Ray Williams outlines the ineffectiveness of stretch goals as a management practice. He says, Aubrey Daniels, in his book, Oops, 13 Management Practices That Waste Time and Money, argues that stretch goals are an ineffective management practice. Daniels cites a study that shows when individuals repeatedly fail to reach stretch goals, their performance declines. Another study showed 10% of employees actually achieved stretch goals. Daniels argues that goals are motivating people only when they have received positive rewards and feedback from reaching them in the past. While this may be referring to management practices within an organization, the same seems to hold true for individual goal setting as well. Ultimately, setting goals is a powerful way to give ourselves momentum. So how can we take advantage of that while mitigating the more negative effects of goal setting? Well, it seems that the answer lies in the last sentence from Ray Williams' article. And that last sentence was, Daniels argues that goals are motivating people only when they have received positive rewards and feedback from reaching them in the past. This seems to say that in order to get the most out of goal setting, we need to have a history of achieving the goals we've set. And in order to create a history of achieving goals, we need to focus less on stretch goals and more on small easily achievable goals. This theory seems to be supported by the original research that I mentioned in this episode as well, because while the failure to achieve stretch goals may be treated by the brain as a major loss, it also stands to reason that the failure to achieve a small goal would be treated as a smaller loss. And as the principle of loss aversion shows us, if the potential for gain far outweighs the potential for loss, people are much more likely to take that risk. So the solution here seems to be that instead of setting big goals that may or may not be achieved, we should all focus on setting small goals that can give us momentum and add up over time. In other words, tiny leaps lead to big changes. So are you ready for today's challenge? If you haven't already set your goals for this year, I want you to set one teeny tiny goal today. It can be something as small as cleaning out your closet by the end of the month, something so small and inconsequential that it almost seems silly not to achieve it. Now, if you've already set your goals for this year, I want you to cut it in half and find something smaller to focus on. Your aim with this is to build up momentum that will carry you throughout the year by achieving small goals that can be very easily measured and very quickly finished. Today's book recommendation is The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday. The Obstacle is the Way is a phenomenal look at Stoic philosophy as it applies to the problems we face on a daily basis. In context for today's episode, the obstacle is the way teaches us that while the fear of failing at our goals may be holding us back, it is in this pain and potential disappointment that we will experience the greatest growth. 
you can pick up this book for about $15 on Amazon, but why spend that $15 when you can get the audio version of The Obstacle is the Way for free by going to www.tinyleapsbook.com and signing up for a free trial of Audible. You can cancel your account at any time and keep the free book. So what have you got to lose? Check out www.tinyleapsbook.com and pick up your copy of The Obstacle is the Way for free. That's it for episode eight. Thank you so much for listening. And if you like the show so far, it would be amazing if you hit the subscribe button and left a rating and review in iTunes. Your kind words do wonders for getting the show out there for others to find. So you'll be helping the show and helping others at the same time. Now, here is a great review left by listener Harold Ree. Greg brings some powerful ideas, but explains it in a simple way, much harder to do than it sounds. Greg is clear and concise, and I appreciate that in a podcast focused on improving my life and my productivity. Thank you. Well, thank you, Harold. I really appreciate the kind words, and I really, really appreciate you taking the time to listen to what I had to say. If you'd like your review read on the show, well, you've got to leave one, but you're in luck because you can do it pretty quickly and easily in iTunes. So get to it. Until the next episode, I've been Greg Clunas. And remember, all big changes come from the tiny leaps you take every day.